You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to another wonderful evening of Jay Bird watching. Once again, you're seeing another different dynamic duo this week. Central Point, though, Adam Corsair is here another week in a row to not host, but I'll take over this week. How are we doing, Adam? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Back recharged after watching the Blue Jays kick some ass last week and uh, my vacation. So, you know. My Cal Ripken streak, like, uh, fun on this show, though, came to an end. I'm sorry. I was, uh, what, 312-something episodes strong? <laughs> I feel like, look, man, you got to get your uh, your licks in while you can, right? You know, it, it's a well-deserved vacation, so. Yeah. We've I had all there. intentions of being that guy that phoned it in, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Drunk off my ass on the beach. All but. Down, yeah. I uh, ended up having family with a dinner or a dinner with the family. So could have been a lot worse. Of course, of course, <laughs> so. man. That's how you do it. But anyway, as we get back to our normal shenanigans here, we'll have some more of the regular gang back in the next few weeks here. Um, as, you know, softball rolls up for the gang and <laughs> all the other extracurricular activities and some of these other things that come at the end of August as we get into September baseball. Um, once again, you can catch us at the stadium scene.tv and along with being the official podcast of jaysjournal.com. And hopefully we're going to have some more guests from them in the near future here too, because we are trying to build that bridge between the writing and the podcast and make it all more fun so beer drinking and shenanigans adam oh yeah <laughs> sign me up sounds good so let's just dive into that a little bit here you guys got the pleasure of uh <laughs> talking about the downturn of the Orioles series and everything that was going on right before I went on my vacation last week and yep. what abysmal mess this really was going toward when you got teams like the uh, Orioles sneaking up and near taking wildcard spots and along with the rest of the division is in shambles. The Rays aren't looking that great, but they're still there. The Boston Red Sox somehow are still in this. There is the craziness that is going on in the AL Central between the Twins and the Guardians. It's more or less neck and neck in it. So, Adam, as we wrapped up the Orioles series, we ended up from last Tuesday, we took another a loss and another win. 
how did you summarize the rest of that series? Because unfortunately it didn't leave me feeling too optimistic heading to New York. Um, if you listened and you said you did last week's episode, uh, you could tell Chris and I were sort of sour on the team as it was. So, um, anticipating losses were, you know, sort of status quo at the time. Um, we did, I know we're not right into the Yankees uh, series right now, but we, we were a little more pessimistic about the Yankee series than the reality actually became of it. But when it came to the O's, I was more impressed with them than I was disgruntled with the Blue Jays. Because, again, I was already in a state of um, negativity, I guess, or pessimism when it came to the Jays. <laughs> so um, at that point, again, things were just status quo. We just came off a loss uh, against Cleveland the previous weekend. And, you know, rolling into Baltimore, we had two losses and then we capped it off with the win. Um, the wind didn't make me feel any better, really. Um, I needed to see it against New York, and we did. Um, so in terms of postseason aspirations, I think those wins against the Yankees were huge. Uh, we are finally, uh, without looking, I want to say we're within single digits of the division. However, I don't think we're still going to win the division. Um but it made me a lot more optimistic when it came to, when it comes to the Jays postseason hopes. Um, take that for what you will. So overall, I'm sort of lukewarm on the team, but this is um, coming from being ice cold last week. <laughs> so I am heating up. So you're like a, an ice brewed tea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or like tea that was iced tea and it was just left out for a couple hours. Gotcha. That's there it is. Yeah. Just like how my aunt leaves her drinks all over the house whenever we're ha- having a party. She'll be that one that has like a beer here, grab another drink over here, <laughs> leave it, yeah. forget about it, go get another one. <laughs> you know, the ice has been melted, but there's still a little bit of condensate on the outside of the glass. That's where I'm at right now. Roger that, buddy. Yeah. Um, I will do have to mention, though, that game, the last game against the Orioles, we did finally see Ross Striplin return back to the rotation. Yep. And Holy shit. This is about the best way I could say it. Yeah. Um, I had the pleasure of hearing him on the pregame show one of the days, talking to a Rash Vidani, I think, and just hearing him talk about pitching and getting back to it. And maybe, actually, no, I take that back. It was on the Anthony Letters podcast, so just getting back into how important that start was to him. And he was nervous, and he was saying even before the start, he was having a rough pen session and came mm-hmm. out and threw seven perfect innings. That might have been, honestly, the thing that took the Blue Jays from being teetering on the edge to at least being a little bit away from it. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Very, very good um, start. Yeah. When you can have that sort of uh, solidification in your rotation that was otherwise hurting, um, it it makes you a little bit more optimistic as to what this team can be heading into it. Now, again... I just sort of hyped up the Orioles, but a part of me wants to say, well, it was the Orioles. But at the same time, we've been struggling against them for the past, what, two weeks? So you got to take those victories when you can, especially with a close wild card race at the time. Um, The Jays have sort of, you know, bridged that gap a little bit more heading into this week, but it only takes a couple of games. So with August just about closing up and you have all of September, these games are crucial win so you take the victories where you can remember that point when everybody was saying that the orioles were going to be the nice spot and everybody's 
schedule and you're going to be able to march over them in September and August. And well, <laughs> the, the Blue Jays played them for five games this month and only won one game. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the one is thankfully, and maybe mercifully, a makeup for a rain out, rain out that's going to be here in the next few weeks on the 5th. So it sucks. I, 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 but to that point, I do feel like the Yankees cheated at the beginning of the season by getting the net, this not version of the Orioles. Same thing with the Red Sox. And now we get to get a team that's going to be nitty gritty and almost near Tampa Bay Rays of, you know, conniving and winning all of a sudden for us to be dealing with down the stretch. And correct me if I'm wrong, Aron, the last series of the season. Is that, isn't that who we play the last few weeks? In yes. Baltimore. The last three games are in Baltimore. And mm-hmm. the three games set before that is the Red Sox. And so, the three games before that, the Yankees. And the four games before that are the Rays. <laughs> yes. So it's the division month. So, yep, it's the division month. Uh, the only nice spot is uh, the Phillies have been getting beat up in that schedule. And they're two games right before that. And we get the Pirates to start the month off. Yep. So, but that, outside of that, it's it, this schedule isn't getting any, any easier when you got to talk seven more games against the uh Baltimore Orioles and everybody else that we were just talking about. And to that point, let's slide into the Yankees series, because if you think we were having a bad time, yeah, <laughs> look a little bit more toward the uh, Atlantic ocean and the New York Yankees and the other team. I'm going to say, yes, the other team in New York right now, because the Mets are fucking destroying everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. The uh, New York Yankees have been on an abysmal slide and I believe during the broadcast, because I, like maybe even you, had to watch the Yankees feed the other day. And they were 10 and 26, I think was, I can't remember what the divining line for that number was. But I think that in was August? the All-Star break. 10 oh, and All-Star break. Yes. <laughs> I, so, can, I didn't see ouch. it, but I can look. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's bad. Uh, but, you know, we have noted before that you know, in the beginning of the um, se- uh, season, when the Yankees were sort of steamrolling, we were telling ourselves that there's no way they're this good. They're just not. And they maintained that well into the All-Star break, and even a little bit after. But um, recently, they've been playing pretty poorly. But I will say that I don't think they're this bad. Um, I will I th- agree with you on that. Yeah, I think they're somewhere in the middle. So I don't think this is a team that we can just confidently write off. Right? I, for instance, I don't think they're the new Baltimore to us. Right? I, I still no. think when we play them at the end of the, the season, we should have our guard up and play our best baseball. Not that I don't think they do anyway, but um, they sure. shouldn't take them lightly. lightly rather. Um, and to that point, they play the Yankees hard every series this season. Oh, yeah. So it's been... We've had their number to a certain extent. And just watching us literally drive Garrett Cole mad has been one of my favorite things of this season. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cool to see him banging in the dugout and um, also seeing uh, almost a bench-clearing brawl between Manoa and Judge, even though... And by bench-clearing, you mean one guy standing there hoping for a fight? <laughs> Yeah, but even though like Manoa sort of went up to Judge and was like, "Yo, that was an accident." Like I thought that was that was pretty classy on him. And even Judge was like, "Okay, no, I I, I hear you." Um, because I do think it was an accident. Um, but it, all that aside, 
I am overall satisfied with what I've seen, especially offensively from the Jays um, during the Yankee series. Um, you would have figured the Manoa game would have won, would have been the one they you can definitely pencil a dub in. That was the yeah. one that they ended up losing. But uh, they they that all was not at his fault though. No, that was some, no, but and that was enough offense from the Yankees finally coming through. Yes, yes. and silencing us just a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so. I think overall you got to be satisfied with it. Now, can they carry that over? This is where our conversations in the blue and the group chat come in. I'm not convinced. I'm just I'm not. <laughs> so before we get but but I'll put a we'll go into that fun. You know, play with that grenade there. The um, we went one one nine to two, four to nothing, five to two, and then lost two to four the last game. To your point, um, I actually I don't know if you saw it during our Twitter fun and whatnot, but I was actually tweeting back and forth with Jesse Barfield. Oh wow! During okay. that Garrett Cole thing, nice. And in the midst of that whole thing, Jesse uh, put out something that just said, you know. He showed Aaron Judge and Alec Manoa, you know, just him taking a picture of the TV screen and whatnot, more or less hugging it out after a shitty situation, almost to the point with those cute couple little leaguers did. If you saw that video a yes. few weeks ago where the kid yes. was just completely decimated to, you know, hitting another kid in the head mm-hmm. on the other team. And I know it wasn't to that storybook ending kind of like thing where the kids were, you know, hugging and everything. But the fact that you had such a good you know, sportsmanship moment happening over here. Yeah. And then you see the complete opposite spectrum of that with Garrett Cole trying to more or less get the hockey fight going. It yeah. literally felt like that to me, to the fact that he was just like, let's just rattle the cage and get something going. I honestly wonder how much of that was him being that guy, yeah. or if he thought that was going to be the one, the thing that lit their asses, you know, to get moving, you know, I think it's that now we have a rivalry. Yes. Go for it. That. And, yeah. Either way, he was eerily quiet with a really simple little one-liner. I loved Alec Manoa going, you know, come back, come past the little Audi sign on the side of the road yeah. there, or on the side of the thing, and we'll see what yeah. happens next time. Yeah, I don't want to cross Alec Manoa. He seems like a, a guy that you just want to be on your, uh, you want to be on his good side. Um, Bold yeah, on, I'm, man. <laughs> I, I think there is some sense of rivalry already, but I don't necessarily fault the gamesmanship um, when you're trying to rally up your team, especially when you're on a losing skid like the Yankees yeah. were. So even though they ended up winning that game, um, you definitely want to have that sort of, uh, I don't know, camaraderie in that team aspect. And I mean, it's sort of, I don't know, antiquated when it comes to, you know, the philosophy of it. But, you know, if a yeah. bunch, if a whole bunch of alpha athletes need to start a fight in order to get a fire lit under their ass, I'm not going to judge that. I'm not going to say no. that that's, you know, disrespectful or irresponsible because I'll tell you what, um, again, we, we constantly call back to 2015, that fight <laughs> between the Yankees and I mean, the, the Blue Jays and the Royals that year when David Price just joined the team, that was the catalyst at that point. That was the catalyst. So who's to so, say that they weren't trying to do the same thing? I agree with you on that thing. I just think it's hilarious that up all the people in that dugout that I would have figured been the one that was trying to get something going for that reason was the the main man that would start a fight like that. And that's Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So he's in that dugout. Just saying, you know, the the guy that literally is the put up or shut up in all that dugout. And you got the guy that literally probably had enough spider tack on his hat to hold him to the bench. (laughs) So I love how our buddy Chris Key was saying he was doing this a little too much during the game too. And then yeah, he 
had one horrific in- inning, so that was all he needed. Um, also, Garrett, historically, Garrett Cole and Josh Donaldson don't get along, so maybe because <laughs> Cole was out there, Josh Donaldson's like, I'm not fucking bothering right now. Just pull, pull up. Just pull, post it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, I'll take this. Don't worry about it. I don't see it. the need, bro. You know? Meh. So, but yeah, it was an interesting series to say the least. But to that point, I think at least it proved that the offense wasn't dead because the Orioles did find a way to silence our bats. Seeing the Yankees come out and hit hard throwing pitching the whole series and more outside of the game Sunday, um, just destroy. Flatty was looking good. Lourdes is hitting the ball. Everybody was contributing on the offense there. So that was very nice to see the offense actually hitting on all cylinders for a change. And one thing that, honestly, I came to this while, conclusion while I was driving home from Maryland the other day, and I'm curious how you think of this. And I'm sad, sad that I hope I'm not calling out the Blue Jays kryptonite here. Yeah. <laughs> um, They've been mashing guys that throw the ball hard, the Garrett Colts of the world and all these other guys. It Honestly, watching what the Ray, the Orioles pumped out there, that series, you're talking guys that throw 90, not 99, 98, mm-hmm. you know, you're junk ballers. If I'm the freaking Tampa Bay Rays and I'm against the Blue Jays in a freaking playoff series, I'm going to sit here and go, I'm throwing every little freaking crap thrower I can think of and pull in the bullpen. Yeah. I don't know what it is. They're just geared up so high that they, that, those few miles an hour where they're just hunting change-ups all day, it feels like. They can't – That's it, it, those seem like the days where they're having rough starts, and that's why, maybe why the reason every time we get a rookie pitcher pitching against us, we can't hit them. Yeah. I don't know. It just drove me nuts. I, that dawned on me when I was driving the other day, and then <laughs> now it's just seated in my brain. I can't get rid of it. No, it makes a lot of sense because the Blue Jays, you know, I think this is, was a point of contention that we had last week, Chris and I, that, you know, they are, they're always – for the majority of them are gearing up just to mash the ball. They're not, you know, trying to to necessarily put the ball in play or just hit for contact. They want to hit for power. So, um when you have those off-speed pitchers uh throwing their stuff, there's a good chance that the Blue Jays are going to do a lot of swinging and a lot of chasing and maybe not like their their approach doesn't necessarily match up with what is clearly on their on the mound. Uh, and what is clearly capable of coming out of the hands of those pitchers. So um, you you might be onto something because, again, this team is built to mash, and if that's their primary motivation, then, yeah, they're going to look for the high-speed stuff, and they're going to crank them. Just case in point, look at what Boris Gurriel Jr. has been doing. He d- dialed down the power, and you see the average creeping up, but he's just hitting freaking hard-line drives left, yeah. right, all over the place, flipping these hard throwing pitches all over the damn place. And I want to, I can't remember who came out of the Yankee pen on Sunday, but he looked a little lost and it only just keeps pushing that idea that it's like, okay, you throw 80 something to the blue Jays hitters. They're not going to hit it. Right. And it's going to, or it's going to take them that much longer through a course of a game to finally figure it out. And then you throw the fucking hard throwing guy back at you and mess with it. Yep. So yeah, that was, a personal moment I had, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no. Good observation. <laughs> so, anyways, now that we um, had the Yankees series behind us, we got the Red Sox going into tonight. It's currently in a rain de- delay as we are recording this on, you know, Tuesday evening of 8.23. The Blue Jays do get Tim Meza back tonight. I was kind of surprised 
that they, after pitching really well, except for the one pitch it felt like over the weekend, mm-hmm. <laughs> that Zach Pop was the one that got optioned. But I think a lot of that right now is the fact that they know the rosters expand two spots and they don't want to lose somebody like Trevor Richards in that meantime. And that's yeah. in two weeks, I believe. Yep. So I think that's what that happened for. But I, honestly, I like, and I'm very encouraged from what I'm seeing from Zach Pop. I do think there's something there. Maybe it comes to fruition here through, throughout the end of the season. But if not, we got him for next year too. Yep. So there you go. But we do get a hard-throwing lefty back in Tim Beza. I hope it's more what I like Tim Beza like and not. <laughs> <laughs> you know where I'm going here. I I don't know. Right now, this is the tale of two two Mazes yeah. going on this season. So. Um. I think the the Blue Jays right now. Um, I think you you nailed it. I think it's all about options, and um, when you're able to expand the roster in a short amount of time, I don't want to say a short period of time, but you know, coming up, um, you sort of have to to pick your battles. Um, Mesa, for his credit, you're right. We never know which one we're going to get. There is a dichotomy when it comes to him, um, but you had to make room for him somehow. So, best case scenario, you're using them in a non-leverage situation, um, whether that's because you're trailing or because you're killing them. Hopefully, it's the latter. And then you can see how up to speed Mesa is and how much more he needs to catch up if he's not. Um, I think that's a byproduct of, look, if we're chasing a playoff spot and we actually get in there, it's literally all hands on deck when it comes to the bullpen. We have learned that the bullpen is crucial when it comes to a postseason game um so if you have all your bullpen pieces right and zach pop then as part of that expansion is on the postseason roster you kind of need to maze it to have this time to sort of get into a groove because it does sort of tend to take a while so i don't necessarily hate it i understand it but i am white knuckling my chair because the margin for error is very thin very thin indeed, sir. Um, especially when you guys say that this is, I, I almost said, made a pun there. You say this might be an improvement over the other lefty <laughs> that we had into the bullpen. Yeah. Only you say Kikuchi was the only left-hander in the bullpen the last week in base in Blue Jay baseball. I will admit I was shocked with the performances we got from him. He did the typical Kikuchi thing where he got into trouble the one game against the Yankees, but he did find his way out of it, Adam. Are you feeling any better about him being in the bullpen now versus what we were obviously? I I can't find a way to give him innings on the starting, uh, but at least Barrios has been in bursts. Kikuchi's been dropping off the whole time. So bullpen was, I think, the right way to right the ship with him. Do you see this being something that helps? or even helps us during the rest of the season. It has to. Um, again, <laughs> much like Mesa, I hopefully I'm not using them in high leverage situations. Um, but you had to make room for him somehow. And I, I know the the initial plan was for him to be sent down, which that takes balls because you did sign this guy to a pretty decent deal, and you got to move him down to, to Buffalo. And but I, he did I, have options, I believe. Correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I want to say it was Chapman that sort of like hyped him up for a bullpen role, and Schneider was sort of behind it as well. Um, 
I don't hate it. I, I, if I have to choose, if you're going to keep him on the team, then obviously I'm leaning bullpen. I'm not even leaning. Yeah. I'm picking. It's you know, sorry, bullpen. you're dealing with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're in the bullpen. You are not in this rotation anymore. So in that regard, yeah, it, I, I, I don't want to see him in innings <laughs> that are close. But if I have to keep you somewhere and I have to use you, you're coming out of the pen. Yeah, but to that, I I think there is something to be said about it. If you're, he's been stretched out, he is he better than a Trent Thornton, or is he better than uh, bringing up Casey Lawrence? I I can make the argument there. If you're looking for a guy in the bullpen, just be the innings eater guy. That he's still better than a lot of those guys that we were just laying out there. It's just amazing how we. You know, we were talking about how good this starting pitching was going to be at the beginning of the year and how quickly the depth just puff gone, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So are, is Casey Lawrence having a good season in minor leagues? Yes. But the problem is he is a 33-year-old right-hander, 34-year-old right-hander. That's been basically a quadruple-A player his whole career. I, In the midst of a playoff run, I can't be relying on the quadruple-A guy to just find it. Kikuchi at least has the stuff that I think can air it out for two innings if you had to first trying to stretch out for six innings. That, that'd be my argument. Yeah, especially if he's coming in with the lead. That's the thing. If they're non-leverage situations and he's coming in with uh, a, a lead on his back, then sure, like it, it, it can't be close. So whereas if he's starting... The game is tied at zero zero, and he could blow the whole thing it's up. Still we've too close. seen it. Yeah, we've seen it. <laughs> but if they're up by four or five runs, let him get stretched out just to see. Like you never know. You never know. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I I think at that point we have to ask ourselves how far off is Kikuchi really from a quadruple A player in terms of overall uh, talent. Um, I don't think he's that far off. You're right. The stuff is there, but the location just isn't. I mean, it is for a hitter. Um, <laughs> otherwise, yeah, there is that. It's right down the middle. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Serving on meatballs. But, um, I, I, I would agree with you. I do lean more towards Kukuchi. Not ju- I think also the intangibles of the contract too sort of force my hand there. Yeah. I want to, speaking of things that dawned on me. Sure. I was flipping through and I saw a tweet from somebody that I'm like, oh my God, it's him. <laughs> and the Kikuchi thing is so much like right now in my head. The last year we got, last year that we had Ricky Romero as a Toronto Blue Jay. Ooh, that bad, huh? It's it's that up and down and all over the goddamn place. You remember yeah. that last season? He couldn't throw a bullet across the plate to save his life. Yeah. Um, and. You saw what he did with the Mariners last year to begin the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it just completely rolled. Has he literally lost the mental part that is just never going to let him get to that? And then, or is the bullpen going to be the thing that just makes it finally click? Just go out there. Don't worry about it. You get three batters. That's all you get. Do the best you can for those three batters. And if you get do really, really well, guess what? We'll give you another three batters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like maybe there's something to that mindscape of being in the bullpen that finally just shakes whatever the hell is going on up here. I was honestly shocked they never gave Romero that kind of like deal. And, uh, you know, I, I know injuries and other things played into that equation, too. But all of a sudden he was just a San Francisco giant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was just no other piece to that. It just. It it like I said, it dawned on me. It just felt 
too familiar all of a sudden for a second there. Mm. What do you think of that comparison? It's not a bad one. Um, I do remember the downfall of Ricky Romero, and it was sharp. Um, I, I love watching that man pitch, and then all oh, of a yeah. sudden it was like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> he was the ace of the future. Um, I think Romero even sort of came out and said that the problem that he was having was there was too much, there was an overload of information, right? I remember when he went down to Buffalo, um, the consensus was, I'm just, I'm not going to listen anymore because I'm being (laughs) like, remember that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm being told 40 different things from multiple different people. So, you know, what, I'm just going to do what has always worked for me and I'm going to find my own way. Didn't end up working. But I think that's indicative of the problem with Ricky Romero at the time was it was in between the years. I'm not sure that it's in between the years for Kikuchi because Kikuchi still has the stuff. It's just the location sucks and you can't teach location. You really can't. Um, And you could chalk up the beginning of even somewhat the beginning of the year this year, as well as the beginning of the season when he was with Seattle, that maybe teams just had yet catch up to him and then when they finally did it sort of broke open i think that's what it is i think it's it's an adjustment for hitters and he doesn't make the corresponding adjustment and that's not a mental error that's an inability to to perform yeah i wonder how much of it's that exact same thing that you just said there i'm mean, gonna stuck in my brain when you were speaking about the same topic with kikuchi i wonder if it is the overload of information could be. And the bullpen and the bullpen's the thing that maybe just goes, Yep, and none of this and just shove that over there and <laughs> simplifies it. it. Yeah. Could exactly. Be. Or is it the thing that they just say throw fastballs and sliders? Don't worry about anything else. Well, I something mean something like that could help him. But I I'm want, not gonna I, be no, a dead horse. <laughs> no, no, let, let me let me kill the horse with this. Um I and I mentioned this last week and I just want to bring it up again. Is Kikuchi uh, maybe some of Gosman, even though he had a, a, a really nice game recently. Yeah. Um, is this indicative that Pete Walker is not the answer? Because Pete Walker <sighs> couldn't fix him. I will say there's some certain things you can't fix. Maybe okay, <laughs> you know, right. I will say that. But to that point, I um, I. <laughs> you should remember this. Um, the last article I wrote for your website, yeah. South of the Six, was why is Pete Walker still here? And that was the yeah. day that Charlie Montoyo got hired. <laughs> so I hear you. It shocks me. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He's now made it through. He's into his third manager that he's worked with for the yep. Toronto Blue Jays. And the first manager he worked with now has a Twitter account, by the way. It's hysterical. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but... I, yeah, and maybe it's time for a change. It really could be just that simple. I'm not saying that Pete Walker isn't a good pitching coach, and I will never say that. But certain things just lead to certain, th- you know, 
implications and whatnot. And maybe this is that time where, okay, great. Schneider brings in somebody he's very comfortable with somebody he can lean on. Maybe that is Pete Walker. I really don't know. But to that point, I, it seems odd all of a sudden that this year, the pitching stuff just seems to have just kind of fucking went off the way, ways, you know, and how much of that was just having the right guys for Pete Walker to work with. And now we have other guys, not that they're bad people or anything or bad players or they can't get, aren't listening to them or whatever. I have no idea what's going on, but maybe this clubhouse isn't the clubhouse he needs to be working in. It could be simple as that. Could be, could be. And you know, like change is good. And when you look at, I don't know that Barrios, you could make an argument. I won't. You can make the argument. Could be. Maybe Pete Walker hasn't done Barrios any favors. Maybe he's sort of made it a little bit worse. The situation that is, you know, when it comes to uh, Gosman a little bit. Like this is these are these are players that were just all stars, and Mm -hmm. something happened. Uh, Ryu was a freak accident, but yeah. Case in random point, the um, maybe that's why we're seeing a blip from Alec Manoa here. I'm not saying he's been bad, mm-hmm. but something has changed, or the adjustment that was needed for him to be as good as he's been doing hasn't yeah. happened. Whatever it might be, um, I was very happy with his start against the Yankees the other day. It was definitely a more of a bulldog start, but that's the problem. I think the last three, four starts that he's had have been more of that exact point you know it's not three punches and walk out it was he had to grind every damn out in that in every pitch um i'd be shocked to see what happens this offseason with pete walker because i think there is something to that argument that is there if he can't figure out what to do with barrios on this wonderful new ridiculous contract he has is he on the block to be chopped is what i would think yeah, or maybe you don't have to do anything. And maybe the answer is lay off. Yeah, just, you know, let him go to his off-season routine. Play around with it and see what happens. Yep. Let him go. So, yeah. Good good chat. Good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, now that I completely lost my notes. <laughs> the horse is dead. Dead. Oh, no. Real professional on this show. That's just the how we, is this, what we strive for. Um. Anyway, I guess we could dive a little bit into where things are going. We talked about Mesa being back. Mm-hmm. Is this team for real, legit, this winning streak blip, or are we still in limbo or here? What is the difference to you to being this being a blip on the radar for a winning streak or continuing to be a winning ball club for this last month of the season? Uh, the Actually, is... I guess it's really about six, seven weeks. Yeah. yeah. The, the difference is health. Health is the main difference right now. And you can tell, um, for instance, that even though he's playing, Springer's on 100% right, but he's gotten it out. Um, I don't know how. I mean, like he played pretty well in New York, so I can't say it's, it's hurting the team because it's not. Um, but he has to be in the lineup. That's yeah. The, <laughs> you know, I. I'm I'm all glad if his elbow is finally feeling enough that he can DH. And that is honestly enough for me because it does help this lineup for him being in there as a DH. But mm-hmm. is he going to be in there? You know, I know he was not 
playing the other day because he fouled the ball. Another ball, by the way, off his legs. I know. That's got to be a record for how many times somebody can do that in a season. But that's clearly that's how pitchers have decided to attack him this year. And it's working. Yeah. Um, so. Not just him. Uh, you know, Biggio has to... Not Biggio, sorry. Uh, Bichette has to... I need to see more. We were talking about this last week. I need to see yep. more from him. Um, I do like how Chapman's sort of, I don't want to say he's broken out, but I think this is good enough, you know, in to me, this is to what we paid it. for with Matt Chapman. Yes. You yes. were, you were expecting for some guy that's going to bomb 30 home runs in a year. He's not far from that. <laughs> yeah. He's, and he's been what a buck two forty. Yeah. He's about I right. was saying, I think if he gets on, he's one of those guys, if he gets on a tear, he can bat two eighty through the season. He goes on long, streaks we've yeah. seen it for the better part of what five six weeks now yeah he's been performing so, well since all-star break yeah and if he continues to do any of that kind of thing he I, he's he could be a 260 hitter if he continues this up by the end of the season and mm-hmm. he might be even pushing 40 home runs but i'm not gonna say that because <laughs> sure, yeah. honestly what i need him to do is be honestly and maybe this is where you were going with the bachette thing you need to see more out of him. Honestly, Matt Chapman's raking right now. I'm putting him in the lineup right behind freaking Teoscar Hernandez, who is also heating up. Yep. It, I need somebody to, in that dynamic of getting people on base and having Vladdy up where they are in the lineup and then Teoscar crushing in the, the uh, uh, cleanup spot, that there were at-bats in the Yankees series that I was surprised that Teoscar got those pitches and those counts. Yep. And that was clearly for the fact that they knew they could just get Boba Shett out mm-hmm. after that. Boba Shett had a decent weekend in New York because I think he was robbed pretty efficiently throughout the whole series when he did make hard contact. But I still haven't seen enough of it to translate that I wouldn't be moving Chapman up to the fifth spot. No, and Chapman's even right now tonight batting behind uh, Bo in the uh, in the seventh spot. Oh, wow, um, seventh spot? Yeah, I so didn't it's, see where it was because the game's yeah. still in a rain delay, right? Yep. So it's uh, Springer, Vladdy, Lourdes, Kirk, Hernandez, Bichette, Chapman, Biggio, Bradley. Oh, that's why because they shifted everybody down to keep Lourdes up at the top of the lineup, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to disagree with that because he's no? been getting on base at a crazy clip. I don't know how much I like him being in the third. I wouldn't spot. have him at three. Yeah. I, if anything, if you're going to have Kirk at four, I'd switch him. Yeah. You know. I, or that, or finally just take Vlad back down to the three spot. But then Could you have that. Springer and Griel bang. Yep. But One, two, to that point, I'm not arguing with what Snyder's been doing on the offense too much because that lineup card has been pretty solid for in those positions for the since he took over. And I'm the kind of the old school point person when it comes to the lineup. Unless something's really really fucked up, don't mess with it. I like the fact that like like what you saw back in the day with Cito Gaston. This is your lineup. Might be some guys coming and going, but Vlad has his spot. Lourdes has his spot. Teo's got his spot. I would make the argument that moving Kirk down wouldn't be the worst thing in the world right now because his power has fallen off a little bit. I think he's still hitting the ball. Good contact like he always has, but that he's in one of those slumps right now where he's just not making as hard a contact as he was prior to the All-Star break, and he's got to make that adjustment. But yeah. that's what happens with young players. I'm also glad that he had the balls to move Bichette down. I, and I don't want to belabor that point much more, but uh, that was a necessary, I don't even want to call it evil, 
because yeah. it's it's I, I think it, you're seeing why um, now whether or not that's getting into his head I don't know but it is uh, beneficial because he has no business being higher right now than the sixth spot I would have again put him in the seventh and had Chapman in yeah. the sixth but that's just me um, but what do and I to need that to point see? the only difference is really the home run numbers between those two guys right the on base right. and everything's pretty much legit the same and. So I I honestly just wonder if it actually lights a fire under Bobachet's ass or if, <laughs> you know what I mean that would be honestly we saw what it did with Lourdes they dropped him down last year and yeah. bang <laughs> yeah. I mean so. he's had enough time I, I I hope it does translate towards the end of the season but I just think you want to talk about someone that's definitely in his own head I think it's Bo right now um, yeah. defensively he's been playing pretty well I like what I've been seeing by him defensively in comparison to the beginning of the year but. Yeah. Right now, it's maybe just, that's the whole equation. Maybe he's work. You know, we keep they all say it every more every damn broadcast. Shulman and Buck and Tabler, everybody, the stupid catching machine with uh, yeah. that they keep using and everything. Is he focusing too much on the defense? He's forgetting the damn hit. Could be. You know, it's you can only do. There's only so many hours in a day to work on something, and if he's been focusing on nothing but glove. <laughs> You get nothing but love at the plate, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess what I need to see is just more consistency. Um, I, I need to see them take advantage of the matchups that are in front of them and the matchups that um, they're, they, quote unquote, should win, like the the series against Pittsburgh coming up, series against the Cubs go coming up. One. Okay, yeah. The, these are the type of uh, of games that they need to um they need to win. They need to, to take over, and they need to uh, capitalize on. So, um, while Craig steps out, we can uh, we can sort of chat by ourselves uh, about the Jays um, and where they're at. I just think that you know, for the most part, I understand why uh, the fans, you know, on Twitter and fans, you know, watching this team are frustrated because the expectations were so high coming into the series, it's the season rather, and, you know, where we're at right now, you expect them to do better. And the expectation Sorry should be there. No, it's all good. I was just chatting to the to the air. Um, <laughs> the expectations right now should be that the Jays perform at a high level. And, you know, in order for them to just secure this postseason spot that they're currently in, the name of the game is consistency. If they're not going to be consistent and they're going to lose games, like, for instance... They should win the series against Boston. If they don't, I, I mean, like, it's it's only going to fuel the pessimism. And yeah. I understand why people are complaining on Twitter. I understand why people are frustrated with this team, even despite the dubs against the Yankees. You need to see them. It's great that they're beating teams that are juggernauts, like the Yankees. If you can do that, you got to beat teams that you can capitalize on, like the Red Sox, like Pittsburgh coming up. Uh, like Chicago coming up, and to an extent, like the the Angels, definitely like the Angels coming up. Like you should be winning these next four series for sure. Hundred percent. They, they got to win that series, especially against the Angels, and really find a way to get you know widen this gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting pretty for a little bit here, but it's not too pretty when you're only talking a few games in the wild card race. And in all reality, the Yankees have shown their hand, and I don't know they the next big. With the Yankees having the slump that they're having, unless they find something in the next week, that could be a four, three game span. Yeah. If we play this series well against the Red Sox, the division isn't an unheard of thing anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, I, 
I can't say it's gonna happen, but I'm just if the right things happen. But to that point, that's like I said, the right things happening. Yes. To move forward with, and that is literally just <laughs> banking on the fact that the Yankees are gonna play this bad for a week. Well, let's let's look what we got. Let's look what's on the docket. So, you, as you mentioned, they have uh, Subway Series against the Mets, and they won yesterday. Okay, yes, they being the Yankees. Then they got Oakland. They should be. They're in a West Coast trip, real quick. So they got Oakland yeah. four. They should win that series. L.A. They should win that series. Then Tampa. Okay, Minnesota. They should win Tampa again. Okay, Boston. They should win Milwaukee. Okay, mm-hmm. then Pittsburgh. Like they have these series that they can take advantage of. So I'm not really counting on the division. Even because yeah. their their schedule's pretty cake overall. But it's if they play five hundred ball over that because of what they've been doing. Mm. And then we have the division, like you said, to finish the season. So do they though. Yes. Oh I know. And that's what I'm saying that might hurt them. Yeah. Just as much as anything. But the fact that they're they are not sitting pretty as much as anyone. The only team that's sitting sitting well in a good spot right now is the Houston Astros. Houston, yeah. <laughs> Everybody yep. else is fucking eh, whatever is yeah. going to happen is going to happen. Um, this is not the 112 team that every 112 win team that everybody thought the Yankees were a month and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about how they could afford to play just 500 the rest of the way, and they'd still win the division, and it's still probable that the Yankees are going to win the division. I'm not yes. banking on uh, the the Jays winning that division. The, the reason why I fear it the most that the Yankees slip out is I don't want to have a situation where the Rays end up winning the division and now the Yankees are the top wildcard team and yes. we have to fucking face it. <laughs> like, Although we play the Yankees better than we play the Rays. <laughs> well, true, but so how would that play out right let's just say everything else remains the same but the the rays end up winning the division and then it's yankees blue jays seattle who do we we play the yankees right yeah yeah see i don't and that's in new york so yeah no i i'm not i'm not arguing with you i I don't know it'd be be, i just love to see the maltov cocktail get thrown in the room that is the uh american league playoffs and just watch what happens yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I don't know if I'd rather face the Rays in, in Tampa. So, like, give yeah. me, they need to be the top wild card spot. I agree. For me to have so, any for the time being. Concerns. <laughs> yes, yes. And then we know that Alec Manoa plays amazing in New York. Vladdy plays amazing in New York. <laughs> oh, he <laughs> so, loves playing. Yeah, spotlight, man. Yeah. I have the spotlight. So, but to that point, it's really good. I do have a um, scene where, you know, Getting near the 45-minute mark here. I want to ask you if you saw a certain highlight that I forgot to talk about. Did you see the Gabrielle Moreno double? The smoke highlight? The, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. It's crazy. What do you think of that? It's like, it's, did he hit the one spot in the wall that's a defect? Or? <laughs> listen, it just tells me that the uh, the Nationals made a mistake by going with San Diego's trade and maybe not the Chiefs, that's all. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Um, I, but that he's been on fire in the Meyer leagues. Yeah. Um, we have seen that Kirk's been some, you know, doing Kirk things, but like we were mentioning a few minutes ago, the pop hasn't been there. Like it was prior to the all-star break, as far as the doubles and all that kind of good stuff. They're more scattered around now, more than a consistency. Like it was looking, sure. uh, Jansen hasn't been able to hit. Are you, do you think that Gabriel Moreno gets some extended time? Because honestly, he's a guy that's a nice bat to have in that, uh, bench for a playoff roster. 
Um, I don't know that I want to rely on that because playoff experience is a thing. I don't want to rely on Jansen either. So would I, I'm bringing him up when rosters expand. Yes. But am I including him in the postseason roster? I'm hesitant. I really am. You see where I'm going though. Right? Yeah, I get it. It's, I just, I'm hesitant. If it came down to having somebody like Jackie Bradley Jr. or Ramil Tapia coming in and pinch hitting for you at the end of a game. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not totally uncomfortable with Tapia. Yeah. I am uh, uncomfortable with JBJ. <laughs> like, I don't want He's gotten to do really that. lucky in New York. And I think yes. that was just the fact that he's an old school Red Sox and he goes, fuck the Yankee. <laughs> well, he might have a series this week, too, against yes. the Red Sox. You know? He very well might. And he's in the lineup tonight. That's yeah. in the ninth spot. So there you go. Um, I was honestly shocked to see that on the starting lineup today, but it's what it is get him a chance to get out there and show what he can do. And it's probably, honestly, a lot of that's probably because this same argument we're having right here, they want to know what he actually legit can do in a Blue Jay uniform to actually have him as that guy off the bench. Yeah. Because right now your fourth outfielder is clearly Tapia. He's had a great season. He's got the legs too, which is another wonderful thing to have off the bench. And he plays solid defense at all three positions. So I will, you know, agree that JBJ's outfield prowess is a lot higher mm. than Tapia, but when you can't hit can't, yeah. and you need somebody in the playoffs, I was just curious what you thought, because that, <laughs> that double that he had through, basically trying to knock through the wall in left field yep. the other night in Buffalo. That's just Pretty. a nice summary and a nice yep. cherry on top for what he's been doing the last month for the, for the Bisons. So, It'd be curious to I, to me. It would brought up that idea that you know you just ride the hot hand and bring somebody up and let see what happens. He already got a chance to work with most of these guys that are on the pitching staff. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world, I think, to bring somebody up like him when you're looking at our roster. And to your point, especially when rosters expand, maybe you get a pitcher and him call it a day. Yeah, I'm definitely taking him up, but uh, you know, I, I don't know that I want to rely on that sort of inexperience during the playoffs. Um, Worked out pretty good for Randy Rosarena. Just yeah. <laughs> I also want to keep his trade value relatively high, so I don't want to show any blemishes if he's caught up in the moment. So in the offseason, I want to be like, look, he performed well at the end of the year. We didn't have him on the postseason roster because look, look at everything else we had, and we just didn't have room. Like, you know, that's you could sell it like that. Oh my God. And uh, just because it just came up on my Twitter feed in uh, former Blue Jay glory slash traded for a uh, crappy pitcher last season, Patrick Murphy is pitching for the Rochester Red Wings so far tonight, nice. which is the minor league affiliate of the Washington Nationals. So he was yeah. part of the Riley Adams trade that gave us Brad shit hand <laughs> last year. Yep. And he is throwing a f- no hitter so far. Oh, actually, a perfect game for four innings tonight. So wow. Patrick okay. Murphy, my first major league or my first player interview ever. <laughs> so, there you go. But good deal. Adam, it's been about 50 minutes. Is there anything you would like to add before we just talk preview here for the Red Sox series and sure, the next yeah. week? Yeah, no, it's just I, I was chatting about this while you were away for a second. Um, I understand the pessimism by Blue Jays fans. I really do. I understand like the reluctance to to grab on. I'm certain certainly part of that camp as well. But let's just see it right out, man. Like September baseball is always special, and this this season is incredibly long as it is. I think the season is ending October fifth. 
So yeah, there's November baseball no round this year. Yeah, easily. There's plenty of time. So let's just see what September brings. See, like August is, I, it's one of the worst months ever. So let's just see if September, <laughs> you know, sort of uh, lights them up a little bit. And if they can ride this win streak and prove me wrong, I don't want them to suck. I don't. I just, I, I've seen enough of this team to be like, I can't rely on a couple of wins for me to feel confident that they're going to ride it all the way through. Yeah. So it's not to say that they can't. I just, we haven't really seen that all season. But maybe September's yeah. the month that they do it. That's all. Good deal. So I, I agree with you. I but I just I really there's gotta be something in the tank that they haven't found yet that they yeah. have to dig into. And I don't care if it's they're drinking too much Red Bull and pulling a fu- full fucking Brett Lowry. <laughs> Whatever they gotta do, they gotta find it and do it. Or get into a fight. Um exactly. <laughs> there you go. Just pull a coal. Yeah. <laughs> so um the game has started. Um, Nathan Abaldi was put on the injured list for the Red Sox right before the game today, and so was Eric Hosmer. So these are two of their main guys that are not going to be in their starting rota- starting lineup at all for the Toronto Blue Jays series. It is in Boston. There's plenty going on. Um, I, I It just seems like this is a series to me that's fit for weirdness. And with what was going on, I'm expecting another fucking like three bounce ball from Whitmerry field off of the right field wall <laughs> to go for a home run, something odd. The blue Jays went and got a hit in the first inning, but they didn't get, weren't able to capitalize on it. Um, at least it's not raining and thunderstorming anymore, but where do you think this series is going for the uh, blue Jays against the Red Sox? You know, uh, piggybacking off of what I just said, they they have to capitalize on these wins, uh, on these games, rather, that they can, you know, theoretically eke out some wins. So I'm going to go two and one. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, uh, honestly, I'm worried about the Brios game tomorrow. I love mm-hmm. that Springer, or not Springer, Springer's back in the lineup. His trip is on the trip mound today. Tonight. Yeah. I don't know what he's found, but don't mess with that. Just, <laughs> just yeah. you're in the rotation, good for a good or bad the rest of the season. Here's the keys to the kingdom. Run with it. Yep. And looking forward to chicken strip night every 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 week now. And there you go. I do think Brios might have found something in that start against the Yankees, or at least found the fire that he was missing. I okay. really, I'm hoping that's the stepping stone for him to do something to end the season with a with a with a high note. I'm not saying it needs to be a strong note. Yeah. It just needs to be salvageable innings. None of this. Let's give up five runs in the first inning. <laughs> shit. Or, uh, but if he can, honestly, he doesn't need to be the ace right now. Gosman has proven that he's just running with that right now. Same oh, thing with Manoa. Yeah, exactly. So, Barrios needs to take up the mantle of Hyunjin Ryu for the rest of the season. And that makes this a winning ball club. If he can give up no more than three or four innings for each start, this is a, a vastly improved team for what we've seen over the last few, you know, yeah. month basically, right? Because um, the offense can come up with those two, three runs, I think, for him and make it that simple. But to that point, everybody, or at least we need to keep compensating like they've been the last, you know, week here. It wasn't all Vlad. It wasn't all Lourdes. It wasn't. You know, Kirk, it was a little bit of mix of everybody, home yep. runs, but enough small ball and good just baseball of keeping the wheel moving, you know. Yeah. So I think that's where the series needs to be. And if they can pick that, pick up those good things that they did do against New York, 
and have that occur through this Red Sox series, then I'm much more of a believer that this team is going to finish really strong. And I think it starts tonight against the Red Sox with stripling out Hill. So you're saying two and one? I'm thinking two and one too. Okay. That, that, so one loss, one. And then, yeah. And then, like you said, we get to take on the Angels and we get to start that series with Manoa, I believe, right? On Friday would be the, yes. You've got so Gosman Manoa Friday. Thursday. And we got, um, we're going against Otani on Saturday. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. to that point, I, when they can't hit right now, eh, I just, regardless who's pitching on Saturday against Otani, that is the threat, Otani, yep. on yep. both sides of the ball. Um, so, it, be that as it will, <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not too worried, but they need to win all three of those games. I think against the angels, two, three, three, no, I think they have to, what do you think that will I, happen? What do I think will happen? I think this is going to be a strangely eerie weekly, just like it was last week at four and two. <laughs> okay. I think that Otani game's the one they have a chance of losing. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. The angels pitching hasn't been anything spectacular outside of him and they traded Thor what True. are you getting? You know, it's at home. You, yeah, it's at home. Uh, you should be coming off a season, season, sorry, series win, season win, series win against Boston. Otani's gonna be tough. Yeah, I'm gonna go two and one in that series too. So so, so far, that's what four and two. Yeah, four and no, two. yeah, four and two. Four and two. Yeah. So. I do have one other thing that we have to mention that I felt like I, you know, was getting all sorts of Twitter fire over the weekend. Now that we've sure. done our picks to click, or we've done our little summary here, I'm not going to do picks to click when we don't have the whole gang together. Sure. Yeah. Um, Robles Martinez is the most home runs by a second baseman in the minor leagues or shortstop or something like that. What was the record that he broke the other day? Oh, I'm not sure. Let me see. He has 26 or 27 home runs. And he's tied for the league lead. I know that. Rolos Martinez sets New Hampshire record. That's what it was. 28th round tripper the other day. So the number 80. Oh, sorry. Oh, he's number 30. Number 73 on the top 100 now. Yep. So uh, that's pretty interesting. What is the record, though? You're not saying, the rec- saying that article. Yeah, it just says Aravis Martinez set a single season home run record, and it was breaking it. So I think it was twenty seven okay. before that. And honestly, I feel like I should know who had that because it was recent. Yes, was somebody okay. I like that didn't pan out. <laughs> yeah, it, Tyson actually wrote an article about it on Jay's Journal. And he said uh, he is in the record books. Twenty eight is a single season total high in franchise history. So there you go, Fisher Cats record. Boom. I feel like David Cooper was the winner of that before that. You remember uh, that guy? First Kevin baseman. Biggio. Kevin Biggio at 26 oh, right. in 2018. Uh, Eric Thames. Chip Cannon and Eric Thames had 27 back in 2006. <laughs> there it is. As I say, it was, I, see, that's why I remembered it. Was, I'm like, he's somebody that was good but didn't fully pan pan out. Because yep. no offense to Eric Thames, he was good. But he was bigger in Korea. <laughs> uh, he had a really good couple seasons with Milwaukee. He fit that Brewers ball club perfectly. And yeah. to that point, there's only been one person in recent memory to me that fits the Brewers culture better, and that's Rowdy Frickin' Telez. <laughs> oh, he's been, he's lighting it up. They love him there. I love 
Rowdy Telez, and honestly, I'm very, very happy for Rowdy Telez. Oh, yeah. A, a great home in Milwaukee, and like oh, I yeah. said, epitomizing that team perfectly. For sure. So, Mr. Corsair, anything else? No. Go Jays, go. There you go. So, Blue Jays fans, make sure you catch us on anywhere you can get your podcast from. We are on Apple, Spotify, Google, everything you can think of, wherever you get your podcasting pleasures from. Make sure you tune in live each Tuesday or whenever the hell you get the playoff kind of like skipping schedule that we were talking about earlier going. (laughs) And uh, we will make sure we alert you all about when those are so you can join in on the chat and have fun with us on the bar room for Blue Jays fans here at Jay's, uh, Jaybird watching. And do not forget to check out all of our friends over at jaysjournal.com as this is the official podcast of jaysjournal.com, part of Fan Sided. And other than that, Adam, two claps. Rick Flair. Do it. Give me a countdown. One, one two, three. Woo! Let's go, Blue Let's Jays. Let's go, Blue Jays. Grabbing the Ron Mouse. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.